Hi there, and welcome to 20 Things You Can Do With Sound. This is an educational podcast made by the Sound Lab at the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Art as part of Lab Week 2021. My name is Stephen, and I will be your podcast host for the next while. We will use this time to take a tour through a variety of concepts, tools and techniques that you can use when working with sound. You can listen to this podcast while cooking your dinner or while out for your morning jog. Some of the things that I'm going to show you though will only be hearable when you either listen on headphones or on two speakers. So just bear that in mind. Sound is many things. Sound is moving particles and matter. Sound is pressure. Sound is a byproduct of movement. Sound is what we make when we sing to ourselves. Sound is also a wave. Waves are periodic, meaning they repeat. Sound waves are hearable by humans from the range of 20 repetitions or wavelengths per second to 20,000 wavelengths per second. A wavelength per second is also known as a hertz. Here is a 10 second frequency sweep from 20 to 20,000 hertz. So what can you do with sound? One. Bit depth. Bit depth is a measure of the resolution between the loudest and quietest possible parts of a sound file. The larger the bit depth, the bigger the difference between silence and absolute loudness is. CD audio is 16-bit. DVD audio is 24-bit. When bit depth decreases, the background noise present in all digital audio becomes more audible. Until at very low bit depth, the sound is almost completely overtaken by noise. This is happening with my voice right now. When working with sound, a good rule of thumb is to always work in 24-bit unless you are preparing a sound file for release on CD in which case you should use 16-bit. sample rate. All digital audio has a sample rate meaning the sound wave is measured and evaluated a number of times per second. The higher the sample rate the wider amount of frequencies can be heard in the audio file. The highest audible frequency in such an audio file is exactly half the sample rate. As we lower the sample rate, which is happening right now, you will notice that high frequencies begin to disappear. 
time to fit in. Three. EQ. EQ is also known as equalization and as a way of altering the frequencies present in any sound. You might notice the bass is starting to disappear from my voice. It's beginning to sound thinner and thinner. This is because I'm using EQ to remove it from this audio file. You might also notice that you can still somehow understand what I'm saying. This is because the frequencies most important for vocal intelligibility are high frequencies. By now, the low frequencies have been returned to my voice, but the high frequencies are beginning to be removed. Soon my voice will be very difficult to understand. This will be happening about now. Right now you can understand very little that I say. But as I return the high frequencies to my voice, you will begin to understand me again. EQ can be used to remove parts of sounds we do not want, or accentuate parts of sounds we want to hear more of. Summer. Frequencies shifting. As well as sculpting frequencies, we can also move frequencies around. The frequencies that make up my voice are now slowly being shifted down. This is happening faster and faster. Now, the frequencies that make up my voice are being increased. For a short while, my voice will return to normality but you will notice that the frequencies keep increasing. They will be increased so much that my voice will no longer be perceived as a phrase. Five. Form and shifting. As I speak, my vocal tract resonates. The sonic characteristics of my voice have a natural harmony that is a result of the shape and size of my body. This characteristic combination of frequencies is known as a formant. We can slowly increase the formant makeup of my voice, effectively making my body smaller and squeakier. Alternatively, we can decrease the formant makeup of my voice, making it sound more deeply resonant. Like a sleepy bear. Six. Vocoding. The sound of my voice can be combined with other sounds. For example, this nice synthesizer sound. If we take the frequency information from the synthesizer, also known as the carrier, and overlay it with the volume contour from my voice, also known as the modulator, we create a sound effect called vocoding. This vocoder is splitting my voice and the synthesizer signal into tiny slices of frequencies. 
the volume of each slice of my voice controls the volume of each slice from the synthesizer. All volume controlled synthesizer slices, there's a tongue twister, are recombined at the end to generate a fully vocoded signal. Seven. Ring modulation. Vocoding is far from the only way in which two sound signals can interact. If we multiply two audio signals together, we achieve an effect called ring modulation. Right now you might hear that my voice is slowly starting to be multiplied by a low sustained tone. If we change the frequency of this tone, we can achieve different effects. Ring modulation imparts a characteristic metallic sound. We can also multiply two tones together and change their frequencies, which will give us a sound like this. This effect is called ring modulation because in early circuit boards to achieve this effect, it involved arranging a series of diodes in a square shape. So kind of like a ring. Did you get it? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Eight. Time stretching. Sound occurs over time. This means that when we work with sound, we are also working with time. When we work with recorded sound, the dimension of time becomes malleable and elastic. Time is now our playground. In the real world, the pitch of a sound and the speed at which it moves are linked. A slower moving wave will produce a lower pitch. When I slow down the sound of my voice, it will gradually reduce in pitch. Just like changing the speed on a tape or record player. However, when working with digital audio on a computer, we can decouple a sound's frequency from its grounding in real time. In practical terms, it means that we can stretch time without having to reduce the pitch of a sound. You might notice that my voice is beginning to stretch right now. More and more. Pretty soon it will become difficult to understand and will almost split into different frequency tones. This process can run both ways, however. Listen to this. You have just listened to all of this podcast, twice. It has been squashed to fit a time of four seconds. Nine. Phasing. When you play two or more sounds at slightly different rates, this creates a phenomenon called phasing. 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 
pacing 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 10. Calm filtering. A sound can be played back, overlaid with a slightly delayed version of itself. This causes constructive and destructive interference, and this interference is known as comb filtering. Comb filtering can be used as an audio effect, where it imparts a metallic-like quality to a sound. You can start to hear it now in my voice. Most comb filters will also have the possibility for increasing the amount of signal feedback or the amount of signal feed forward. This will pronounce the effect of the comb filter. If we play a short burst of white noise into a comb filter at high feedback settings, we can imitate the sound of a plucked string. Chorusing and flanging. A comb filter is also a good building block for other effects. With chorusing, several delayed copies of a signal are made and played back over each other. The amount of delay between these signals then changes slowly over time. You might hear this starting to happen now with my voice as it seemingly becomes thicker, softer and wider. A little bit of chorusing goes a long way though, and as I increase the amount of chorusing on my voice, you will feel that it starts to become a little bit messy, difficult to understand. A flanger is much like a chorus effect, except the delay times involved are much, much shorter. As the amount of flanging increases, harmonically related notches in the frequency spectrum will begin to appear. And as the delay time changes, these notches will begin to move. We can also increase the feedback on a flanger, which will give a characteristic harsh and metallic quality to the sound. Delay. These comb filtering effects are all examples of delay-based processing. When practically working with audio, delay is a really useful and commonly used effect in its own right, and a foundational element in dub music. Delay creates the sound of an echo.
The first delay effects were tape-based, with a recording head and a playback head placed a few inches apart on a tape deck. These days, digital delay effects are readily available in every digital audio workstation. Useful delay effects range from the so-called slapback delay, which we are now hearing, that creates a kind of a doubling effect, to longer delays with higher feedback, which can create new repeating layers in a sound piece. Reverberation. Listen to my voice. It is what we would call bone dry. The only space my voice exists in right now is the space between your ears if you're listening on headphones, or your room if you are listening on speakers. But it doesn't have to be like this. Reverb is the sound of sound in space. That is, if a sound happens in a space, we hear not just only the sound that comes directly into our ears, but also the sound that bounces off the floor, walls and ceiling, and then to our ears. So reverberation can situate any sound in a space. You might hear me beginning to move further away from you right now. This isn't because I'm walking away from the microphone, but because I'm using a reverberation effect on my voice. Reverb effects can range from the very realistic sounding to simulations of impossibly large spaces and everything in between. Fourteen, granular synthesis. Granular synthesis is a way of creating sound that uses any audio sample as input. This input sample gets split into many tiny parts, also known as grains. A grain can range in size from one millisecond to a few hundred milliseconds. We can read grains from any point in a sample. We can morph smoothly from small grains to large grains. I'm beginning to granulate my voice right, right now. now. These, These grains, grains are repeating. When grains get smaller and keep repeating, then my voice will change from a recognizable human voice into a
15. Panning. Sound occurs in space, even if it is just the space between your ears. When working with stereo, which is sound for two speakers or headphones, we can construct a so-called stereo image by placing sounds in a certain location in the stereo field. You will hear that my voice is beginning to move slowly from left to right. This process is now speeding up and becoming more and more extreme. Soon the rate of movement of my voice will become too fast for your brain to perceive it as a voice. 16. Mono Stereo a monosignal is a sound that contains no directional information and takes place on one channel only. This is a monosignal. If you play back a monosignal through a stereo system, you will quite often only hear it through one channel, usually the left channel. This is now what I call a false monosignal, which is an identical signal sent to both left and right channels. However, you will now hear that my voice in the left channel is gradually decreasing in pitch, while my voice in the right channel is increasing in pitch. This makes my voice sound wider. This signal is no longer a mono signal, but instead is a true Stereo signal. 17. A class effect. If a sound approaches us from a certain direction to the left or right, it makes sense that the sound will hit one ear before the other. This tiny delay helps us locate sound out in the real world. And this phenomenon is known as the Haas effect. I'm going to let my drum machine start clapping for you. You will notice that it sounds the same in both left and right channels. This clapping is going to continue. But I'm going to slightly delay the clap in the right channel more and more you will perceive that the sound becomes more and more directional until we are left with a super wide clapping sound. Eighteen. Gating. All sounds have a volume. And we can work with volume in a number of interesting ways. I'm going to add some background noise to my voice. Can you hear it? This kind of background noise can sometimes be off-putting and distracting. It's probably something that we want to remove. If I add a gate to my voice, then I can remove the quietest parts of this audio. Listen now as the background noise disappears as I increase the threshold of the gate. However, I can also keep increasing this threshold 
and soon not only the background noise, but the quietest parts of my voice will disappear. If I continue this, soon all of my voice will be removed by the gate. 19. Compression. Compression is a widely used tool for working with audio that can be used in a very wide range of contexts. I've been using compression on my voice all throughout this podcast as a way of keeping the volume of my voice consistent as I speak and perhaps move slightly away from the microphone at times or naturally allow my voice to quieten in other moments. Now you will hear my voice without compression. Notice a reduced feeling of presence. I will now turn the compressor back on again. Can you hear the difference? So what does a compressor do? In short, it reduces the volume of the loudest parts of any signal, creating a new signal. Then, it will increase the volume of this new signal. This means that, with a compressed signal, volume levels are more consistent and it's easier to hear the quietest parts of a sound. Right now my voice is lightly compressed. I can change this by altering a parameter called the ratio. As I increase the ratio of my compressor, it will reduce the volume of the loudest peaks more strongly. And if I decrease another parameter of the compressor, called a threshold, more of the signal will be compressed. You might notice that my voice is becoming less alive and more uniform sounding. This kind of extreme compression creates an almost unchanging volume level, which can make the ears very tired with prolonged listening. So moral of the story is that compression is really cool, but it can be overused. 20. Limiting. A compressor with a very high ratio can also be called a limiter. As you might guess with the name, a limiter sets a threshold of volume over which a sound may not pass. When working with audio files, this can help to prevent digital clipping, which happens when an audio signal becomes too loud to be played back accurately. You will hear that I am beginning to introduce some hard digital clipping to my voice right now as an intentional effect. This is not what we would want in a normal podcast. A limiter prevents this from happening and is used regularly in the mastering process for exactly this purpose. things you can do with sound. Thank you for listening.